Ripple Effect. This is the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. A nonprofit organization established in 2007 to provide powerful leadership training to the youth of our communities. And now, here's your host, by board member, co-owner of Rapport International and certified trainer, Brett Johnston. Hello and welcome back to the Empowering Youth Podcast. I'm Brett Johnston. And I am Mesa Whitaker. I'm very excited about this episode because we are actually getting to learn about Brooke Lewis and Brett Lewis, which has basically been my second family and my soulmate of a best friend. So yeah, here we go. Hi, I'm Brett Lewis, and uh, I'll give you a little bit of history about me and my family. Um, I've been married for 38 years to Terry Lewis, and Brooke is my youngest, the first to go through the classes. But I went through the class uh, back in 2013, and there was things that happened in the class that made me want to know what it would do for my family. So I I asked Brooke one day, I said, you want to go through this class? And she said, sure. So we got her signed up in the uh, building Utah youth class. Uh, she was 15 at the time. Uh, she went through the class, and the first thing I thought, and when she got in the car, was I don't think she got it. And what's interesting is we got home, and we started talking. It just kind of seemed to ooze, and for weeks after that, it got stronger and stronger till she's the powerful woman that she is today. Thanks, Dad. Yeah. So I'm Brooke Lewis, and as my dad introduced me, I was 15 when I went through the class, and I can say it completely changed my life. I mean, if I look back at who I was when I was 15, like, it makes me emotional thinking all the things that I've done, and I'm only 23 now, so. Tell them a little bit of things that have happened in your life since you've gone through the class. I want you to think about who is Brooke Lewis and who is Brooke <laughs> Lewis at 15. Yeah. when I when Or even I'm, before that. Yeah, when I was 15 and before that, I didn't have a good friend group. I was quiet, which is really weird for those of you that know me now. I had no motivation in life. I, well, I'm already getting emotional, but I didn't see a future for myself. And now looking back, it's like I've done so much. I never would have tried out for a cheer in high school. I would have never ran for Miss Utah Teen USA twice, not just once, but twice. I graduated with my bachelor's in three years and then took a year off, lived with my best friend, Mesa, in Salt Lake. That was a skinny branch for Brett. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's tough to have your daughter move move out of the valley, a valley I've lived in for 58 years. Yeah, and then I just graduated with my master's degree, so... Looking at 15, hoping and praying I'd even graduate high school to graduating with a master's is pretty incredible. Yeah, and that just happened. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm watching your dad while you talk. I mean, I I know that you've been, he's been so proud of you for so long and and being a a parent, it's it's scary. You know, um, we want the best things for our kids and we can see the best in our kids and there's never anything really wrong with our kids. It's just, we want to challenge them and push them. And, you know, I think I, I remember your class so vividly. Um, but as you, as you share what was just seemed like a, a 10 minute journey within in like one minute, um, you know, that was several years of your life. And I want to kind of unpack some of those years here for the next little bit. So to allow our listeners to, to hear some of you and understand the Lewis family um, because you guys are a big, you have a big support system behind you and you have had that support system and it's just continued to grow. So think back to when, before you went to class and I'd like to hear, you know, from you for the listeners, a little bit of the story about your life, you know, how you grew up and, and some of the things you were doing and, and, and maybe some of the obstacles you had for yourself or roadblocks you felt you had for yourself. Yeah. So I, had a, a terrible friend group when I was younger. They always just wanted to put me down. They were never motivating. They they bullied me. I always felt like I was the odd one out. I never felt like I could be who I really wanted to be without the fear of rejection. And it was like waking up every single day, 
hanging out with those people every single day at school and being like, oh, should I ditch class? Oh, like, I don't need to get good grades. Like, that doesn't matter. Like, I'm not going to go to college. Like, why would I need to do that? You know, they wanted me to sneak out. They wanted me to break the rules. It was, that was the time when I started lying a lot. It was my parents, you know, where are you going? I'm like, oh, my friend's house. No, I'm not. I'm not going to my friend's house. I'm going to some boy's house or going and doing something. And then I, I just remember sitting through the class and it talks about your five closest friends. And I sat there and I got a pit in my stomach because I couldn't think of one person that I genuinely was like, they motivate me. They make me want to be a good person. And that was kind of where I was like, oh no, like my path is not looking too good if I'm going to stick to what I'm doing now. And that was a huge breakthrough in my life. Do you, do I, you remember that time, Brett? Oh, when, absolutely. When she had the friends, the friend group. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the conversations we had after the classes, you know, picking the right friends and who are your closest friends. And from that point on, she chose different friends, which was good. But just to watch her get out on the skinny branches and start pushing herself knowing that what she said and what she did mattered, you know, that was huge from the class. I'm sure at that point, I mean, most parents can relate to, you know, not being so sure about some of the kids that our kids are hanging around with, but yet they're kids and we want to give most kids the benefit of the doubt. They're just kids. And, and yet we want our kids to be around the best examples and role models and kids that support them and push them and, and encourage them. But those conversations are tough. They are. Yeah, I always looked at there's no bad kid. There's just bad choices. Sure. Kids that are making decisions that are not the best. So, and I don't know, after she got out of the class, we sent some not close friends and uh, kind of pushed that whole issue of getting other kids an opportunity to see what's out there. Not in, not just in our own family. I took it to work and I've, I sent a bunch of kids from work that their parents come up to me and says it's totally changed the lives of their kids. Kids that would never go to school, they got, got home taught because they were afraid to go to school. Now they're going to school and they're enjoying it. So we took what we learned in our family and pushed it outward. So your parents were right, Brooke. Oh, they're always right. Yeah. I hate to admit it sometimes. He's, <laughs> he's giving me that look right now, but yeah. He's writing it down, <laughs> mentally writing he's it like, down. He's like, can I get that in writing? <laughs> yeah, so, so you, you've got this friend group. And you realize at that moment when we're talking about your closest friends and, you know, I remember because what we, what I usually say is that, you know, the people you surround yourself with, that's, that's who you are today. It's not who you're going to be. That's who you are. And, and, and it's hard to look at it through those, that lens, but it's also the conversation goes, if you don't start making decisions for yourself right now, you're going to wake up in five years from now or 10 years from now, which you look back and that seemed like a long time ago. Yeah. That was over five years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, that's coming up on 10 years and wow. Yeah. I can't believe it's already almost been 10 years. So, so, but you're going to be living someone else's life. Yeah, absolutely. So there, there's a lot of other things that, that you learn and we were excited to hear about that. And most importantly, how you've applied them. So what are some other things that you experienced and learned? I think a, another huge breakthrough that I had was learning the way I talk to myself. It was all those negative thoughts all the time. You know, you're never good enough. Oh, you really think like you could try out and make cheer? Absolutely not. You're not those girls. Just the negative thoughts every day in your head. It's crazy when you start changing them to positive things. What are some much? other things you told yourself? Because this is, yeah. this is something that's very common. I mean, you, you learned that. Yeah. What are some other things you told yourself? The biggest thing was you're never going to be good enough. You're never going to be loved. Like you'll never find that passion in life. You know, like it was hard thinking like, I don't think I could ever have a career or push myself into that. I was like, oh no, you can't do that. Well, you're crazy. <laughs> like there's no good that's going to happen. You're never, you're never going to be good enough. And, you know, even after the class, there's times that I start getting in my head like that again. And I start knocking myself out of it. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like we've been through this before. You are good enough. Like someone might not see it now, but they will. And you have to keep reminding yourself, like you are good enough. And that was a huge, huge thing for me. The other thing you were doing is you were taking stuff you learned in the class, like uh, um, the weak words. There's words that you, 
you know, try or uh, stuff like that, that you applied and got out, you went out on skinny branches. You tried things you'd never done before. She'd done things she'd done. never done before. Good correction. But she pushed herself. I mean, seriously, she did college in three years because she pushed herself. She did well in high school. Yeah. And at 15, at 15, I remember, I remember you, you didn't really, you didn't know your power. No, not at all. But you had it. Deep, deep down. Yeah. And she wasn't getting bad grades in high school. She just needed something to refocus her life. That's how I looked at it. She got refocused. That she mattered, what she did, and uh, her thoughts and desires mattered, period. Yeah, it wasn't about just like getting the good grades. It was like believing that I would get accepted into college is what terrified me. It wasn't like, oh, am I going to pass this test? It was like, do I even believe in myself to even go to college or to even get an education to push myself out of those boundaries? Here's what if they turned you down. Yeah, like there's so many colleges I applied to and I didn't get in. And so... It was, it felt like a rejection in the moment, but then after it's like, it made sense why I went to the university that I did, but I didn't let that hold me back. I kept applying until I got into one. What else did you learn? Oh, so much. I feel like I just, I, there's so many things that I learned, but just to keep believing in myself and to keep pushing myself and that there are no boundaries, there is no limit. Like I thought, oh, I just need to get my bachelor's. And then after that, I was like, oh, no, I don't feel like I'm done yet. I can continue to push myself. Like, I have the motivation right now. Now's my time. I didn't have everything figured out. I didn't know how I was going to pay for it. I didn't know if I would get in. I was writing my letter, and I I had no idea I'd even be getting a call about an interview, nothing. And then when I got that acceptance letter into a master's program for business school, I just sat there and I just kept looking at it and I was like, I would never in a million years think that this is something that I would be capable of. And yet I did it. And I did my master's degree in one year while working full time, full time. And it's like, I never, I, I just keep looking back at, I, before this, I looked back at a picture of when I graduated from teen leadership and I would just sat there and, you know, of course I'm in a corner back row, kind of little by myself, you know, but I look back at those pictures and it's, it's crazy how much has changed and the power that I had inside of me that I had no idea was there. Let's even take it a step further. Her communication at home totally changed. I mean, we have a very open communication between her and my, my wife and I, and it's, there's no secrets. It's, it's all about trust and, you know, we believe in her, we trust her and she does the same for us. So there, she doesn't hide anything from us anymore. Yeah, she's got to go do. Yeah, go do. Yeah, live, experience. And our job is to support her. You know, so that's that's a that's a big that's a big statement from a parent standpoint because you know we want to correct, we want to we want to straighten, and we want to you know figure it out for them often. And the real path is the experience. I mean, you went and experienced two and a half days of yourself, and you failed. And by that, I mean, you had the opportunity to do better and get up and do it again and again and again. But through that process, you know, realizing you're not surrounding yourself with people that really support you or build you up. That's that's a big step. Also, that self-awareness of your, you know, courage and power and perseverance and 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 the strength that you really have inside of yourself. And then you start to take that and just put it to work. But when did you start to think about, what was this beginning of you thinking about Brooke Lewis? Why am I here? Like, what am I going to do with my life? Because there's so many kids. I mean, at 15, I think about my daughter's 14 right now. And I think about, you know, she's not supposed to have to think about that stuff right now, but yet they do. They're already thinking about it. So, you know, what would, what were some of those thoughts? When did that start for you when you started to think about yourself and where you were going and what you were going to do? Yeah. So just from the take back of the class, I noticed throughout the years, just being in high school, getting a new friend group, motivating myself, pushing myself. I started thinking to myself, I got to keep holding myself accountable for things and I need to keep continuing to push myself. And not only do I hold myself accountable, but I hold my parents accountable. I mean, my dad went through the class too. And there's times where we'll sit there and look at each other and I'm like, Hey, hey, that's not what we learned. And he's like, you're right. You're right. 
And then things just started to click. They started to make sense. I was like, no, I can do this. Like I am going to push myself. And then I started painting a picture of all the things in life that I wanted to create. And I realized that they weren't just dreams. They were things that I knew I could accomplish. And so like a, a vision board, but you painted it. Yeah. Wonderful. I'm really good at painting, but I learned something new. <laughs> well, some, what I noticed was she'd start down a path and if, if it didn't work, she got back up and did something else. You know, you know how to get knocked down and uh, you apply yourself or something. She wanted to be an, or, an orthodon, orthopedic orthodontist. I want to be orthodontist. Yeah. Yeah. And it's one of those, she started down that path and it's like, no, I want to do something else. And she I, don't, I don't like, or you don't want to be an orthodontist anymore. No, no. I'm okay. So she's tried a different, she went down a different path and uh, again, got knocked down, got back up and she found something that she's really good at. You know, and that's what she's doing today in her career. So, I mean, I know that I'm digging, but I really want to know where, when that's, when that started, like how old were you? I mean, you got out of class at 15 and for a lot of people, that's so long ago. And for some people that was that they're there right now. So when did you really start to think about this is what's next for me. Probably right before the beginning of my senior year is kind of when things started to kind of hit. It was like, okay, what do I do after this? Like I need to start applying to colleges. I need to start figuring out my future. And it started to hit me when the word college came to mind because before the class, that wasn't even a question. I wasn't going to go to college. I didn't want to do anything. I was like, Oh, I'll just figure it out. Everything will just fall into place. I just, I thought it would just come easy. And then as soon as it was right before my senior year, I tried out for cheer again and I got cheer captain. And that was a huge moment for me because not only was I pushing myself, I then was a leader towards all those girls. And then I was like, okay, all these girls believe me. They, and they trust me. They voted me. I didn't campaign. All of those girls sat down and wrote my name on a piece of paper. And for that, I was like, wow, I I'm really might be a leader. Okay. Like it's kind of clicking and then thinking about college and everything just started to make sense. But yeah, I would say around right before my senior year of high school. And so, I mean, you were, you were doing a lot from class up until your senior year. Yeah. And then you start to think about, I mean, you get voted in. Do you remember the vote from class when, when did we had the vote in class? Do you remember that? Yes, I do. Yeah, it's a tough, it's a tough process in the class. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so many kids don't get a vote. Yeah. Um, but you were chosen. I was. Sure, for very good reasons. Were you proud, Brad? Oh, absolutely. Anytime she accomplishes what she puts her mind to, it's a proud pop up time. Mm-hmm. So. So you're sure captain. Yep. Then what? College came around and I, like my dad said, I was getting my degree in biology and I was going to be an orthodontist. And I thought I had my whole life figured out. I was like, I'm going to go to dental school. I'm going to do all the things. And I was in those classes and I just sat there and I was like, I'm picking a future that I'm not excited about. It was, I always was told, you know, you got to shoot for the stars. You should find like the best career out there, make the most money. And then I started to sit back and think, I want a future for myself, not for anyone else. And I decided to switch my major and I got a lot of backlash at first from my parents because they're like, what are you doing? Like science, chemistry, all of that clicks in your head. That was like your highest grades. Why would you let go of that? And I had to finally sit them down and say, it doesn't make me happy. I might be good at it, but it doesn't make me happy. And I don't want to do that. This is my life. And I then tried to convince them that I wanted to go to business school. You obviously did. You didn't try to. Oh, yes. Well, actually, I didn't get go to business school at first. I did try. And mom and dad said, oh, hell no. <laughs> and I said, all right, fine. We'll settle and I'll do communications. And they said, that's fine. Little did they know after I graduated with my communications degree, I was going to turn around and get a master's in business administration because I knew myself and I knew that I could do it. And I picked my life and I wanted what was best for me. Even if they didn't see it at first, they do now. And they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that, you know, that was what was going to make you happy. They were looking out for me and I'm so happy that they did. But I knew deep down that that was my journey and that's what I wanted to do. 
That's a tough time, Brett. It was definitely, but she followed her passion. That's the, the key. We always want our kids to enjoy what they do when they grow up. You know, you don't want to push them into something that they're going to regret the rest of their life. And when she was taking those classes, it just, it, was, it wasn't what she wanted to do. And what she's gone into now, the business she's working in is, you can see it. She has a passion for it. She's very good at it. And she's only 23. Yeah. You remember back to having that conversation about her switching her degree? Yeah. Because you, you, you feel like they're focused down a path. You get it all laid out. And then the, the path ends. It's like, that's not making me happy. I don't want to do it. As parents, you're going to go, oh, now what? Are they going to, she going to quit? And she didn't. She says, no, I'm going to go this direction. And it's worked out very well for her. So if you had some advice for some parents, because this happens often. I mean, most kids, so many kids start college just to simply start college, right? To go to college, get their, get that journey moving. And they have an idea of what they're going to go for. And then pretty quick realize that's not what they want to do. And then it's time for a shift. And it's hard from a parent's perspective because we want to, you know, start, a, start something and finish something. Well, I would just tell parents that they need to listen to their kids. Find out what they like to do and want to do. It may not be a doctor. It may not be a lawyer. You know, it may, you know, they've got to find the path that makes them happy and let them do it because that's what's going to make them successful. What advice would you have for, for you know, somebody that's entering that space that you were in at that moment? I think just sit back and think about what you want and continue to push yourself for it, even if your support system at the time doesn't see it convince them show them why give them reasons and continue to push yourself and don't change just because someone else wants you to even if it's something small but even in the case of just what I should get my degree in I was like this is my degree this is my education and I'm going to decide what I want to do was there a part of you that because you had the pushback lit a fire yeah, there. I mean, I got frustrated because I didn't feel heard and I didn't understand why they didn't see it the way that I saw it. So it, it did get frustrating, but I see where they're coming from now that I look back at it because, I mean, I was so dedicated into thinking I was going to be an orthodontist. I mean, I was job shadowing. I was getting 100% on every single chemistry test I ever took. It made sense for me to go in that pathway but I just had a gut feeling. It was like, no, this isn't going to make you happy. And I was trying to express that. And I don't think I expressed that in the way that I should have. But I mean, just because I got good grades in a class doesn't mean that needs to determine my future. Yeah. I mean, that's no, that's, that's literally the same thing as just because I have these friends doesn't mean that's who I need to continue down the road with as well. Yeah. Even though that's a lot easier to relate to. So you were, what was going on with your relationships at the, at this time? I had a boyfriend at this time. Um, definitely a different time in my life. Um, I thought I met my person and obviously he wasn't. And I'm very thankful that he's not. But I deserve someone who's going to motivate me and wants me to pursue my dreams. So I did have that as a little bit of an issue at that moment as well. And I, I want to I don't want to you know, unpack it for the purpose of you really reliving it. But I do want to unpack it for just a moment because I know you took a lot of people on that ride with you and it was a tough ride. Yeah. Um, and, and so many people can relate to it. Why it's important to talk about it. And when you talk about it, it'll give you some power. So, you know, think back to, um, and we talked about this before we started tonight. You know, there are people in our lives that can enhance our, our love for ourselves and our courage and our confidence and all these things. And then when those relationships end or the, that they move or they shift, it seems like they, they take it away to some degree. Yeah. So, so what happened? Oh, <laughs> I mean, it's never easy talking about an ex relationship, but and you don't have to get into specifics, yeah. but the generalization, of you know, it. it's, I was so young and I felt like I had my whole life figured out. And I thought that I had met my person, you know, everything felt like a movie. Everything felt like a dream and everything made sense. But I was blinded by so much when I was in the relationship, I was blinded by 
you know, the motivation of who I wanted to be. It was like, I, everything was on his terms, his schedule. I never lived my life. And it was, it was sad. And I let it control me. I let it make choices for me. I let that relationship ruin my friendships. I picked him over everyone. I picked him over my family. I picked his family over my family all the time. And it should never be like that in a relationship. You should never have to pick and choose to make your partner happy. You should be able to do what you want to do because it's your life. And you should never have to sacrifice your relationships with other people for that person. And so that was a huge eye opener for me after we broke up was just, I realized after I had ended so many different relationships for him. And then when things didn't work out with him, I felt so alone. I felt like I had no one. Like it was, it, it broke me. I, I, all my friends were his friends. I didn't have a life outside of his life. And I sat there and I thought, and I was like, I can't believe I let it get this bad. Like that is not fair for me. This is not fair for my life. And I had to sit back and I started you know, I lived at my parents' house for a little bit after that because I had Yeah, what fear. happened with your parents at that time? Oh, I have never seen my dad so mad in his entire life. He just, it's amazing to see, like, my relationship with them struggled when I was dating him. And once we broke up, the first person I called was my mom. And she came and picked me up and my dad looked at me in the car and he goes, your life's going to get a lot better. And you don't know that yet. And then I started opening up to things that had happened in the relationship, you know, just like the small things. Like, I don't remember the last time he told me I was pretty and my dad looked at me and he was like, oh, honey, you're never settling for anyone that doesn't tell you that every single day. And I'm not going to get into all of that, but just seeing the love in my dad's eyes and my mom's eyes as they just held me as I sobbed, I just sobbed my heart out and I didn't get out of bed for two weeks. I was devastated because I went from this is the person I'm going to marry who I want to spend, you know, the rest of my life with to I, I started getting back into my headspace of, oh, yeah, you don't deserve love. You don't deserve to be loved. You don't deserve like anything good in this world. And I started spiraling down a path and I was like, what am I doing? Like, I need to wake up. And it was after that I was just. I needed to get away. I needed to do something with my life. And it was like a spark that went off in me. I was like back to myself again. I mean, I didn't realize how bad it was in a relationship when people start congratulating you when it ended and people saying you're back. Like it was this weird spark that came back in me. My personality was back. The way I wanted to live my life was back. My motivation, the power I had inside of me was all back And I didn't realize that being in a relationship that I thought was perfect was what was holding me back the most in life. And that that's terrifying because, you know, you're on your journey to figure out the type of person you want to spend the rest of your life with. And now, yeah, I have my walls up a little bit at the idea of spending my life with someone who could have so much control over me. But I just sat back and I was like, no. I will never let someone have that much control over my life because it's my life and I'm going to make the decisions that are best for me. How's that sound, Brett? Well, she's a strong person, but uh, it really, it was an emotional time. It was, it was rough to see her go through it, but that's how you learn. And she learned a valuable lesson that what her, what she has set for herself in life is just as important as anybody else's. And it's a 50, 50 in any relationship. And we Told her that, but uh, sometimes love can blind you, but uh, it's changed. I mean, there's so many parents that have, have teens that are, or, or kids, their children that are in relationships that they're not exactly excited about. Yeah, it's just one of those things. You got to stay by the side of your kid and listen. Even though we didn't, we didn't care for the person, but we support her. And when it all came down, it was one of those, you're better than this and you know it. And she, she doesn't bring it up, but she bounced back into a reporter type person. She remembered what she was taught, that her decisions, her life, everything matters. And she started making better decisions on how she's going to move forward. And 
She bounced back pretty quick from it, but it was a rough two weeks. So after the two weeks, what happened to your relationships then? I started creating better relationships with my friends. I, it was actually the moment where, uh, Mesa and I actually like completely clicked. I mean, she was always someone that I looked up to when growing up. Cause you know, it's Mesa Whitaker. I mean, what's not to like, and she was actually on team when I went through and I remember seeing her and being like, Oh my gosh, I don't want to look like an idiot in front of Mesa. Like she's the cool kid. And then after you're talking about this Mesa. Oh yeah. I'm talking about that Mesa. I'm the coolest. (laughs) And then we bonded a little bit after um, I went through the class because we went on team together and we all went, my dad too. And it was so much fun. And we kind of, we always had that click of rapport, you know, and everything that we had learned through the classes. And I knew like she had been through similar things I had been taught but it was right after my relationship ended when things really started to click with Mesa and I, and we became inseparable. I mean, she's I, my soul sister and I never in a million years thought I could have a friend that would support me and love me the way that she does. And for that, I wouldn't trade anything for, I mean, learning your five closest friends and the empowerment that they have on your life is true. I mean, looking back at the friendships I had at 15 and looking at my friends that I have now, it blows my mind. Cause I never thought I'd have a friend that would sit there and support every decision that I made. And even if sometimes there's times that she questions, she's like, you really want to do that? But she's like, all right, you, you know what you're doing. And she lets me do it. And you know, I built a relationship with her. I built a better relationship with my family. I started thinking about my future. I decided I wanted to get out of my hometown. I went on a skinnier branch and I moved to salt Lake, which isn't too That's far a long from my ways away though from Cash Valley. Hey, I was just, I just grew up That's in like another Nibley. planet. It actually was. It, it did feel like a different planet. You know, going from, you know, you never need to lock your front door. You can walk around wherever you want to go. And it always feels safe to living downtown with your best friend, not knowing what you're doing and. Having wild things happen in the middle of the night. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> We, we might have we we might have not lived in the safest place, but we made it. We're here. We're alive. I do want to say I had the privilege of getting to know Brooke briefly before all her life kind of got turned upside down. I've always known about Brooke in high school. She was the quiet girl, and then after she went through the class, that became less and less true about her. And um, it was very interesting to the tail end of her relationship. She wasn't sharing as much with us about it. And I could tell something was definitely wrong because you should be able to tell your family and your friends what's going on. And when it all came to end and we finally got to just talk about it and sit me and her, a lot of things came up that I was like, if I would have known about that, that wouldn't have been okay. But like, I wasn't going to make you, you know, get out of that. I'm here to support you. And knowing that I can hold her accountable, but also not make her decisions opened up our friendship where we were like, okay, we're, we're going to support each other, but we're also going to hold each other accountable. That's a two way street. It is. Yeah. She's had to hold me accountable a lot more times than I think <laughs> I'd like her to, but she sincerely is the most genuine and hardworking person you'll ever meet. And I learned surface level on that and it just keeps getting better. So thank you. <laughs> Wow. I know. I have quite the best friend. Yeah. So you get, you get, you get out of that relationship. Yep. You, you power through the two weeks of, of self-doubt and talk and, and all those other wonderful things that, you know, we just get to go through. We get to walk through that, that, you know, those moments of, of just bathing in that, those things and processing and thinking through and the awareness just starts to show up over and over again. And that's where the clarity comes from. And then you start to take action and you regroup in your mind and in your heart and, and get your power back. Yeah. And then you started making some, making some big decisions for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So what was next? Let's see. Moved to Salt Lake. Mesa and I had quite the adventure. And um, during the time was with COVID. So right before 
I moved to Salt Lake. I basically lost my job to COVID and it was terrifying because I had just graduated college and no one was hiring. So I was applying everywhere. I think I applied to over 400 places and I didn't get one, one interview. And for that, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I just pushed through going to college and I did everything I needed to do. Why won't everyone, anyone give me a chance? Like, I I don't have a ton of experience, but why don't they believe in me? Why won't they even just hear me? Just give me an interview. Let me, let me do the talking. I'll explain, you know, who I am, my motivation, my energy, and no one would even give me a chance. And so I finally got an interview for the first job in Salt Lake. And I immediately, I got off the phone with the offer and I accepted it on the phone call, which I know is not best practice, but I did. And it was the moment when I called my dad and I said, Hey, so I finally got a job and he was so excited. Well, yeah, he was. And then I said the words, I think I have to move to Salt Lake. I start in two weeks. Then he wasn't not too happy. And so he's leaving home. My next phone call after that was to Mesa over here. And I said, Hey, I just got a job offer and she's screaming excited. And I said, yeah, it's in Salt Lake and you're coming with me. And there's a little bit of silence and she was like, all right, let's do it. And I was like, okay, we're doing this. And so in a matter of getting the email for an interview, accepting the job, I packed up my whole life in 12 days and moved all the way to Salt Lake with my best friend. And in those two and a half weeks, it was crazy. And then I started a job that I thought I'd love and I absolutely hated it. I hated it so much. She was great at it though. Well, thank you. But it was, it just wasn't for me. Like I felt like at the time it was what I needed, especially during COVID where it was hard to even find employment. Yeah, I needed a job. I just needed a job. I needed money. I needed to pay my bills. And So I ended up working there only for like three months because during that time I was like, I'm not giving up. So I continued applying at places. So I applied probably another hundred, 150 more places, rejection, rejection, rejection. I started getting in my head and I was like, I'm unhappy with my job. I don't know what I'm doing. Should I have gone to dental school? I don't know. Everything's just going on in my head. I'm like, did I mess up? And then uh, my cousin messaged my mom and was like, hey, there was this company called Maloof in Logan and I applied there before and I didn't get the job. I kept getting rejection emails and my cousin works there and he ended up messaging my mom and said, hey, there's another opportunity that I think Brooke would be really good at. I think she should apply. And so I got a phone call from my mom when I got off my shift and she was like, Hey, Maloof has another opportunity for you. I think you should apply. Of course she does. And I was like, it's in the hometown. No, I, yeah. I'm like, you're just trying to convince me to go back to Logan. And no, I already applied there and they rejected me. I was like, no, I'm not doing that. And she was like, you need to, for me, please just apply. And I was, I told her, I said, okay, but if it's a rejection, Like this one's on you. And I was so mad. And I just remember sitting there and I was applying and I was like, but I don't want to move back to Logan. I'm living here with my best friend, but my mom wants me to apply. And of course she was right. I applied and I got it. And it was the best thing that ever happened. I did not think that that was going to be the job of my dreams, but I started there January of 2021. And since then, to this day, I was promoted to three different positions and I've been in multiple different roles and I've, I just grew to fell in love with business and everything within it. I, I started out doing social media, which was a smaller thing for me because it was something I had done in my previous employment. And then I went in and I was a marketing coordinator for eight or nine months And then there was a huge opportunity that a lot of people applied for. And I applied for it too within the company. So I was like, yeah, why not? This could be fun. I have no experience, but we'll try. Not try. We will do. We will do this. And I applied for it. Sat down in my first interview. And on the spot, he was like, 
if I get permission from your manager, you're switching to my team because I think you are the best candidate and fit for this role. And I sat there and I was like, oh, there's no way. I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I got it. And I'm now an e-commerce manager. And never in my life did I think I would fall in love with e-commerce, but I fell in love with it. And it's weird to think that two years ago I was sitting there and didn't even, couldn't even get a job. And I, my career just grew so fast and I couldn't be more grateful, but I don't think that that wouldn't have happened without the motivation that I had in myself. And I kept pushing myself and pushing myself. And when things got hard at work, I would just sit down and I'd think about what can I do to be better? I always asked for feedback from managers. I was always pushing and pushing and pushing. And I just had that power inside of me that I knew that I had. And I just keep going and I know that I'm not done. And that's, terrifying but also so exciting because I never thought that even I could get to where I am now and I'm only 23 so the this is a good point so yes you're talking about getting a job and you're talking about applying yourself and getting promoted not once but twice right but what else were you doing alongside this at the same time I had the support system. Mm -hmm. I had my parents who were supporting me. I ended up moving back to Logan. I got to build my relationship with them, which was amazing. I mean, they're my best friends. They know everything about me and I wouldn't trade that for the world. And my biggest fear was leaving Mesa. I was like, I don't want to leave Mesa, but do I see her every single week? Yes. Do I call her? And does she always answer? Yes, we might not talk every single day, but I know there's no doubt inside of me that she wouldn't be there for me. And my priorities started shifting. I wanted to focus on my family and my career, but I knew that if I had good friends, even if they didn't live in the same apartment or the same street as me, they would still be there and they would still support me. And we would still have the friendship that we had. And I know for a fact, if I look back at, who my friends used to be, if I would have moved almost two hours away from them, they would have never blinked an eye to contact me or to reach out to me. And it's just amazing thinking about the support system that I have. And then I think about how everything continues to happen for a reason. And there was a reason I needed to go back to Logan. There was a reason I needed to be with my family because if I wasn't in Logan during the time, my brother just went through another divorce and I needed to be there. And that happened along you know, the journey of everything that's happening right now, but it was a hiccup in life that we weren't expecting at the time, but it was something that I am so grateful I am in Logan for and being near my family for those times. And you're also still going to school. And I was going to school. Yes. So the, my point with that is, you know, you're going to get out of what, out of life, whatever you put into it. And you could have stuck with just and I say just, you know, just going to work and applying yourself and and really going for it and getting those promotions. But the outcome that you have, like the place you stand in right now today, just graduating is because you were doing more than one thing at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, some days I regret it. And then there's days where I'm like, I'm so proud of myself and I'm so happy that I did that because I don't, I genuinely don't know how I worked as many hours as I did and also was in grad school and hanging out with my friends and traveling and spending time with my family and building those relationships. But it's all about balance and figuring out what is most important and scheduling it around that. And so I had to figure out my priorities and my priorities at certain times obviously changed. I mean, my priority was school. My priority was my career. And then I also had to make sure I made time for my family, but I also needed to spend time with my friends because if I knew if I did it, I would start to crash and I needed my support system. I needed my motivation. I needed to let go every other weekend, you know, go and see my friends and not think about school and work all the time. But if I wouldn't have layered everything, I wouldn't be where I am today. I look back when she was 15 she went to this class, Kay, and she wouldn't be where she's at today without the class. There's no book on parenting on how to deal with things. And we can only do so much. The class showed her what she's capable of doing. She didn't know it. 
And the class brought that out in her and she doesn't bring it up enough, but it drives her on every decision she makes. I don't push her. She pushes herself. I just sit along for the ride and grin because of what she's accomplished in such a short period of time. She's further along at 23 than I am at 58. That's true for so many. Way, way advanced. But, uh, you know, I'm going to throw a shout out to the Building Utah Youth because that class changed her life. Absolutely. And, And there was nothing wrong with her when she went. Yeah, we talked about that. I, I know what I went through when I went through the adult class. And I thought, let's give her a shot and send her to this. She was willing. And I just sit back and reap the benefit now because she's a strong, powerful woman. She's not a little kid anymore. She's still yours. It always will be. Yeah. See this little finger? She's got me wrapped right around it. Always has. We, we've joked around about it for a long time. Yeah, Brooke's got Brett's by the, by the, I think it's even less than the little finger. She's got you just by whatever, just blow, he moves. But, you know, Brooke, number one, everyone in this room is proud of you. And I know that most importantly, you're proud of yourself. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, you just, I want you to tell everybody, I'm not going to steal your thunder, what your celebration was about just, just recently, your, your party. Oh, my graduation party? Yeah, I mean... Not only was it just for a master's degree, but it was a time in my life where I felt so proud of myself. It was, I was just amazed at the idea of I got a master's degree. I mean, it's crazy to think about because I, I didn't know that I was going to do it and I did it and I just sat there and I saw all the love and support from my family. I mean, my dad's side of the family was incredible. I hadn't seen a lot of those cousins in maybe seven years. And the second they found out that I was graduating, they showed up for me. I, I felt bad. I, di- I didn't even know their kids' names, but that didn't matter. They were there and they supported me and they gave me a hug and they looked me in the eyes and they said, I am so proud of you. They might not know everything about me. They might not know me that well, but even just hearing just the words, I am so proud of you from so many people in the family just was amazing. I had so many friends. I had coworkers coming. I had, you know, my mom running around making sure everything was perfect because she wanted the day to be perfect because she was so proud of me. And I just remember when my mom got the tickets for my ceremony and I got there and I was sitting in my cap and gown and I was just looking out into the audience and, you know, everyone's just kind of sitting, all the families and I turn and I see my family and my best friends and my dad has the biggest smile on his face and he's given me his normal little thumbs up that he does when he, I know he's proud. My mom obviously has her phone up and she's trying to zoom in to take pictures so she can post them She was them zooming later. in yeah, to take she, pictures. She, that's what she does. And then I see Mesa and Alyssa sitting there just smiling from ear to ear, just pointing. And I had both of my brothers there and my sister-in-law, Kylie, and then my sweetheart, but grandma. Iris and I just it was amazing to me that you know my friends and family took the day off of work it was on a Friday to come and support me and all they did was just sit there but they got to watch me walk across the stage hear my name get my diploma and tell me how much they love me and support me and are so proud of me and for that I wouldn't trade it at all they showed up they showed up for me and I think back, you know, you're talking about eight years ago, telling yourself you're not going to college. Yeah. And then eight, eight years later, you're walking across that stage. Yeah, it's it's incredible. So what's next for Brooke Lewis? I, you know, I have so many ideas in, of things that I want to do in my life. And I actually had this conversation with a coworker the other day. We were talking about goals and aspirations and everything we wanted to do in life. And we had this uh, marketing meeting where we wrote down five things that we wanted to accomplish outside of work in the next 20 years. And everyone was reading their lists. And of course, mine seemed a little crazy because I was like, oh, you know, maybe start a business, learn French, write a book, travel to Europe, buy a dog. You know, I just, my list was just a lot different from everybody else's. And they all just kind of looked at me and they said, yeah, right. 
And then my sarcastic, but also I was telling the truth. I said, watch me. And I just have like this drive in myself. Like it wouldn't surprise me if in 20 years and I'm sitting back down here at this podcast and I tell you that, hey, when we filmed that back in 2022, I ended up learning French, writing a book and I probably moved to Europe Europe. three times and, and I started a business. Yeah, there's just so many things in life that I'm just so excited about. And it's scary to think that there are so many opportunities. But now life is so short, I need to decide what ones I want to pick. But that's the fun part. It's just deciding what I want my future to look like. And I I don't know what it's going to look like, but I know it's going to be great. So you have a solid family and you've got some solid friends, which is absolutely which is everything. Yeah. You've, you've got everything in your corner. Absolutely. But when you tell those people what you're going to do, what's the reaction? A lot of the time they don't seem very surprised. It's like, oh, yep, that sounds that sounds right. Like I was talking to oh, my dad doesn't know this, but I was talking to Mesa last week and I was like, hey, I'm kind of bored. And she was like, oh, no. And I said, you want to move to Texas? <laughs> we spent a whole night, I hope you know, looking at apartments in Texas. And yet again, I was on Indeed looking at remote jobs and thinking, where to next? I'm not, I don't know if I'm moving to Texas. I'm, I'm still it thinking about it. It only took us it. two weeks last time. <laughs> just two weeks. Yeah. But it's just, it's so fun to think that I could just pack up right now and move to Texas if I wanted to. And my best friend would probably be down. And even if she wouldn't, I'd still probably go because I'm not afraid to do that. It wouldn't scare me to be in a city by myself, learning a new career, doing something. It would be a high dose of adrenaline and I'd be so excited. And I would obviously miss my friends and family, but I can do anything I want to do. And the main reason behind that is because I believe in myself and I know myself and I know what I'm capable of. I would never just pack up my bags and move somewhere across the country if I didn't think that I could do it. Brett. She's not going anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) No, she's actually talked about, you know, the industry she's in is actually going to Paris, you know, and hundred percent support it. It's just got to be the right time. And we've, we actually talked about going into business together too. Yeah. You look at it and go, what I heard her say when, when she was, you know, she told you what she wants to do and, and the re- response would be not surprised. It's really almost like a, an expectation. Like I expect you to surprise me. I expect you to, you know, go big. Yeah, it's always go big or go home. But uh, she's very motivated. But like I said, we've, we've actually talked about doing a business together because she's getting the business smarts and I've got the background in business. But I still think we should do it. Absolutely. Oh, we've got a new business starting. I right think now. every other week I probably call him at like 2 p.m. when I should be doing my job and I'll step outside for a second and he'll answer the phone. He's like, what? I'm like, hey, you got a sec? Yeah. And I'm like, I got another business idea for you. It's I swear it's every other week I end up calling him. I'm like, I have I have so many ideas. And I'd say nine times out of 10, he says, let's do it. But now I'm just waiting for the time when it does happen because it will happen one day and it's going to be great. Yep. I just push her and say, show me a business plan. Let's look at it. And then I create all my Excel sheets and I paint a picture and I give it to him. I love the picture painting. Absolutely. Scares me to death. (laughs) But it's so exciting. It is. It's good to see her want to push herself and she doesn't want to settle. You know, most people get into a job and they just settle and I'll, I'll do it for 40 years, 50 years and retire doing the same thing. She's not going to do that. We call that in the training good enough. Yeah. She's not good enough. She wants best, best in class. Yeah. That was, I remember when you were competing and that was a, that was a big journey. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. Definitely something I'm still considering in my future, but it's not just the idea of having a crown on my head and having the title, but it's everything that I've learned from this class and the power I know I have in my voice 
it's if I could get down on a bigger level, think about all the things that I could do. Think about all the lives that I could change. I mean, I think about all the other girls at 15 living the same life that I was living and thinking, oh, because I'm, you know, not motivated or because I'm a female or because of anything, I'm not empowered. I can't do anything. I should just stay at home. It's like, no, go and do what you want to do with your life. And so that was the biggest thing for me with Miss Utah Teen was I wanted my voice to be heard, even if that meant I took last place. And that didn't matter to me. I walked away and I not once was like, oh, I wish I had a sparkly crown on my head. It was, I don't think they understood me correctly and I want to go back. So I went back and I competed again and I didn't win. But that time when I saw there was one judge in particular that I remember during my interview process where she just kept nodding her head and it was making sense to her what I was trying to tell her. I mean, you have so many people that go in there and like, oh yeah, I did this. I did this. I did this, you know, and I went in and I, I only talked about building Utah youth and most of the time they, I had to clarify in a lot of things and they're like, you went through a class. Like, what do you mean? And I said, yeah, I went through a class that changed my life completely. You had an empowered bandana. Yeah. And there's so many, it was so hard to put into that five minute interview, everything about me and what I've learned and like what I want to share with the world. So it wouldn't surprise me if maybe in a year or two, I competed again and tried to share my voice because I, and share my voice because I do think that people need to hear the stories of what happens after these classes. I mean, everyone gets a different reaction out of it. Everyone feels different. Everyone not everyone will have the same ideas after besides the fact of empowering themselves and believing in themselves. But if we could get that on a bigger level and if I could do that, that would mean the world to me. Not if. When. But when. Mm -hmm. I kind of look at the classes. Each kid needs to go in and find out who they are. And that's what the class brings out. Who, Who? I mean, kids aren't broken. They just don't know who they are at that age. And they go into that class and you find out who you really are and now go live your dash. Get out on the skinny branches and push yourself, see what happens. This group nowadays, these young kids, they're going to run this country someday. They're already doing it. Yeah. So it was fun watching Brooke grow. And it's, it's one of those, she'll continue to grow. She'll continue to push me. That's what's cool about being in the same class is we can push each other. In fact, my wife's been through two of the classes and, we both push her. That's not what you learned in class. Why are you doing it? So the classes are important, but the getting to, I look at it as peeling an onion, find out what's in the center. And that's what's happened with Brooke. And she's blossomed. And like I said, again, very strong, powerful woman, very proud of her. So we'll see what the next chapter brings. Yeah. The next eight years. Who knows? So one, one, we're going to end on this because yeah, it's there. You, you know, you've you've just given so much, and it's so exciting. I mean, right now, it's you've been on a roller coaster ride. But if there was one thing that you missed that you want to share, and I'm gonna have your dad speak first to give you just a minute to think about it. But just one thing you'd want to share with someone, any kind of insight, thought, realization, you know, a gift that you could give a listener right now, what would it be? Take the class. I mean, it's not one of those things. Like, like I said before, it's not that you have a problem. It's not that you need to be fixed. Go find out who you are. The class is basically about you and it, te- and it will show you what you're doing in your life. And it'll actually open up your eyes to where you want to go in your life. So I would challenge parents to get their kids, to these classes, give them a chance. It's a hundred percent a gift. Give the kids a chance to find out what they're really capable of doing. Brooke. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing that I I wanted to touch on was, you know, looking back, my biggest fear was rejection. And I encourage anyone to just get out of your head, believe in yourself. Don't be afraid of the fear of rejection because there are times where you need to be knocked down. There are times that you do need to be rejected to be able to see you're powerful And to be able to keep being motivated and to get back up and to keep building yourself because nothing's going to come easy. If it, if it came easy, there'd be no motivation. 
I mean, there's been so many times where I've been knocked down and I didn't think there was any way I'd get back up. And I did. And there are so many times in my life where I have been rejected over and over and over again with a fear of, I am never going to be good enough, but I got back up and I kept getting back up and I'll continue to keep getting up. There are going to be times where I know in my future that I might get rejected again and that's okay. And that doesn't scare me anymore. Because you're not scared anymore. Nope. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Empowering Youth Podcast. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram or also on our website, buildingutahyouth.org. I am, in fact, not JJ, but we are still signing out. Respect, integrity, passion, personal power, leadership, enthusiasm. This has been the Empowering Youth Podcast from Building Utah Youth. To become part of the 3%, visit Building Utah Youth on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or on our website at buildingutahyouth.com.